49ers with a huge win on Monday Night Football, continuing their dominance over the division rival Rams. It's probably the closest it's felt to being normal for the 49ers in a long time. Welcome to Late Night Niners, Episode 5. We're going to be reacting to Week 4, the Niners' big win over the Rams, um, evening up their record at 2-2, two and two, resetting the entire NFC West, everybody back at 2-2. Two and two. Um, Niners 2-0 and oh in the division, though, so technically we are in first place. So um, even though all the records say the same, you know, I'm going to hang my hat on that. We're in first place in the NFC West. Um, Things are looking up, looking a lot better. I Last week I was down in the depths. I was pretty depressed um, after that horrible loss to the Broncos. But, you know, spirits are much higher. The team looked great. Um, like I said, this is about the most normal it's felt. A win over the Rams in the regular season, that's about as normal as it gets in San Francisco world lately. So. Um, it was, it was a vintage, it was a vintage Shanahan and a vintage Jimmy G, uh, performance. It was, you know, lean on the defense, keep it simple. Don't make mistakes, uh, manage the game, get the ball out quick, play field position, play position, play field position, play possession, um, and try to put together some long sustained drives, uh, you know, I said last week, you know, I've been saying this whole sh you know, duration of the show since I've started. Um, Shanahan's too conservative. I don't think much of that changed. It just happened to work. Um, I joked last week he ran the same seven plays. Well, he still ran those same seven plays. They just were effective. <laughs> they they had a uh, they had success and we were able to do what we needed to do when we needed it. And uh, I mean, let's not take anything away from the defense. One of the most complete performances I've seen from a Niners defense in a long time. Um, just fantastic shutdown defense made it really hard for the Rams bent occasionally, but never broke on uh, the red zone. Just, I don't even know if they got inside the five yard line. We were just, as soon as, as soon as they got down there, it was just like a brick wall for them. Um, but it was really good to see us get back to what I'm used to seeing from this team of the last few years. Um, play good defense, try not to make mistakes, run the ball, get the ball to your stars, get the ball to your playmakers, let them do their thing. Um, harass the quarterback. This is exactly what we did in this game. Um, you know, what's more, what's exciting though is yeah, 2019, when we went to the Super Bowl. We had a great defense, but you know, it was, it was, it wasn't like elite, you know, I don't quite know the exact stats or the rankings from that team, but they were definitely good. 
they weren't like Harbaugh years good, but they were they were good. Um, definitely above average. Last year, the defense came on strong. It never it wasn't necessarily a great unit the entire year, but it really you know when it mattered in the playoffs, it showed up suddenly was you know a, a great unit, and that's clearly trickled down to this year. That's uh, that's continued and. We got to talk about defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan's um, just doing a fantastic job. Um, completely shored up the deficiencies last year in the secondary. You know, it's really hard for teams to pass the ball on us. And, you know, the defensive line and the linebackers were great last year and they're still great. And he's dialing it up. It seems like he's not really missing with his decisions when to blitz, uh, when to play it safe. And, you know, it helps that we have the number one uh, pressure rate when only rushing four, uh, when only rushing four defenders. In the entire NFL, we got the highest rate. So we are getting to the quarterback without having to blitz, which is just massive in the NFL. It makes such a big difference. Um, I believe we're up to 15 sacks now on the season. This unit is swarming. They tackle well. You don't see many missed tackles out there. We've got just great athletes. Linebackers are able to cover, um, able to cover in the passing game and able to stop the run. They move very extremely quickly laterally, and they don't um, they don't gamble and make bad mistakes. At least not so far. The secondary, like I said, much 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 improved, much better. Um, just a joy to see. And the addition of Charvarius Ward from Kansas City that's turned out to be just a great. Uh, offseason signing and then somehow to, to Sean Gibson, who's, who's pretty old as a safety um, been around the league, been on our team before he comes in, we sign him when Jimmy Ward goes down and he's just been phenomenal. He's uh, he's allowing a, a 0. 0.8, um, 0. 0.8 quarterback rating when he's targeted, which I don't even know if that's possible, but that's what I read today. Um He's not allowing anything. So things are looking really good for us. Um, we got back to what we do. This this game felt like it was right out of, you know, just pick, you know, a random regular season game that we won in 19 or last year. It just it felt exactly like that. Um, just lean on a team until they fall over. So that's really, really fantastic to see. Things are looking up in Niner world. Jimmy definitely back in the saddle last week, took a, took a big L um, in the game and, you know, beyond, you know, in the media, on social media, uh, from the fans, from basically everybody, you know, he played about as bad. Like I said, last week, he played as bad as I'd ever seen him play. But he got back to doing his thing. Quick, decisive throws, you know, some of it, you know, a lot of it's designed screens, designed plays. I'm not sure Shanahan really gives him the option to make three, four reads in one play sometimes. But, you know, if it works, if it's working, it's working well. And it certainly worked well. Um, no turnovers, no sacks taken. He played a really smart game. He made some really good throws, too. He really did. Um, yeah, he missed a couple. But, you know, this is, we're accustomed to it. He's going to make, he's going to miss some throws. He's going to overthrow some guys occasionally. 
just as long as that ball is incomplete and not an interception. But I actually thought he played well. I thought he played – he could have played better, but I, I don't think he played bad or mediocre. I think he played good. I think it was a good performance from Jimmy. Um, 16, for tw- 16 for 27 for 239, a touchdown. Like I said, no turnovers. He also made one really nice play with his feet for a first down. So it's great to see him. So with all the Twitter trolls saying he's terrible and he should be shipped out of town, uh, we're now one. We're now tied one to one. I said it was a 15 round uh, heavyweight match. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm back to even, baby. So you can keep, you know, being a, a finger warrior. But uh, we got to watch the games. We got to see what actually happens. Uh, that not much has changed in Twitter world. Um, with those Niners, if, if they, you know, they hate Jimmy, they, they still hate him. They, you know, they, they say Debo and the defense won this game and the coach won the game. Jimmy didn't do anything. He actually played bad. Sure. Whatever. That's the, the stance you want. I mean, if you don't want to root for the team, don't root for the team. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm rooting for what we have. And quite frankly, yeah, like it's very sad that Lance is out and Lance is hurt and he, we don't get to see what that could have been this year and he loses valuable development time. But I'm real comfortable all of a sudden. I'm settled right back in. Um, this is what this is what I enjoy. I enjoy watching this team with Jimmy Garoppolo and these guys and this defense. This is what I, I, I this is this is why I get so excited every week for Niners football game. Is this what I like to see? This is what I'm used to seeing. It's, it's comfortable. I feel like I'm back at home. Um, and I still think we have a great shot uh, of making the playoffs and making a deep run. Uh, we certainly looked like a playoff team against the, the Rams. Which leads me to the Rams. Sad franchise, fake Super Bowl. Low-class players. Well, that might sound a little harsh, but let me just try to break it down for you. First of all, we got this franchise that, yes, let's just get, let's clear the air first. Yeah, they beat us in the NFC Championship game, the most important game. Um, That's tough. You know, that's kind of brag. That's not kind of bragging rights. That is bragging rights. They won the important one. Um, So that's, you know, that hurts. It sticks right, sticks in my craw right there. Um. It's not something I like to think about, but it happened. Um, other than that, though, it's just pure domination of this team. Yeah, congrats. They won the Super Bowl. It's pure domination of this team. We, we were 7-0 seven, uh, seven in the last seven regular season games. Jimmy's career record against them is 7-0. and uh, Fun stat. Only Mahomes, Brady, and Garoppolo now are 7-0 and or better against an individual team. Brady has 9-0 and against the Falcons and 7-0 and against the Cowboys. Uh, and Mahomes is 9-0 and against the Broncos, I think. Jimmy's 7-0 and against the Rams. That's it. That's a, that's a short list of elite quarterbacks, I'd say. Um, I think I lost a viewer when I just said uh, Jimmy was elite quarterback. Um, anyway, so getting back to the Rams, yeah, we own them. Regular season dominance. These games aren't particularly close, about half of them. You know, this is a team that they chased the money. The owner left an extremely loyal fan base in St. Louis for designer sunglasses and a couple cars 
and a big fancy stadium and a big kiss on the bottom from Roger Goodell. Uh, went over to Los Angeles, got his little glass, glass his arena made of glass. Um, I got the Super Bowl bid, you know, team had a, had a run last year. They kind of, you know, they kind of backed in, kind of backed into the Super Bowl. It's one of the fakest Super Bowls I can remember a team winning, if not the fakest. I don't know why, something about it. It's like an L.A. thing. Like the the Dodgers won the Little League World Series um, 60 game regular season at uh, and they celebrated their World Series win in the, the Texas Rangers Stadium. I still am not quite sure what happened. I don't think that definitely didn't count. Uh, no way. And then the Lakers, um, they won the AAU tournament in like the little Disney World, like the little kids size court. Um, Disney World, they had that one. Um, and then, they, they, so this one, yeah, no, there's no, like, COVID field or, like, you know, six, like wasn't like a three-game NFL season. It just, it still felt fake and, like, it felt just just like the fan bases, kind of just like it just showed up, happened out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, you know, the stadium has people in it because the stadium can only, just like all L.A. fan bases, the stadium only has people in it when they've gotten to a certain point in the season, they have to have a good enough team to get to like the second to last round. And then the fans will just, they come out of the woodwork with fresh merchandise they just bought. Um, so yeah, they really backed into that Super Bowl last year. They beat the Cardinals who, you know, probably shouldn't even been in the playoffs. Um, then they lost to Tampa Bay in the divisional round, but, um, Tampa Bay ran a, a zero blitz with 10 seconds left in the game for some reason. I genuinely think if that game goes to overtime, there's no way they're getting out of there alive. Not with the comeback that Brady orchestrated and with Cam Akers of the Rams just being obsessed with dumping the ball on the turf in that game. Um, so, yeah, they lost that divisional round, but somehow advanced. And then they play us. And we blew a fourth quarter lead against them. We dropped that interception from Stafford that would have essentially ended the game and sent us to the Super Bowl. So that didn't really count either, I don't think, honestly. Um, so they lost two games and then they went to the Super Bowl and they got to play like the make-a-wish team that somehow came out of the AFC. Um, the Bengals, uh, great season, great story. But just with that offensive line, they're overmatched. And uh, I mean, that was a good game. But if you go back and really remember the end of that game, uh, they called a defensive, they called a pass interference, or maybe it was just an illegal contact. I think it was a pass interference on Logan Wilson, the middle linebacker for the Bengals. They called it on Cup. And if you watch the replay, it's just blatant. It's just blatantly bad call. It's it's a really bad call. It would have been, I think, fourth down. And like seven or something. So the Rams, instead, they got the automatic first down. They threw that little fade to cup. Um, and they won the Super Bowl. So they kind of lost three games in the playoffs en route to their Super Bowl title. Um, but, you know, that's what money and fame will get you. If you abandon your real fans, you abandon the real town you're from, and you just go take a big paycheck. Uh, things kind of fall in place, you know? So congrats to the Rams, Super Bowl champ, reigning Super Bowl champs. I, I, you know, I wish them the worst. Um, 
they're slowly, you know, they're creeping up to the Seahawks in terms of who I uh, dislike the most in the, in the national football league. Uh, it's definitely still the Seahawks, but uh, a, a part of me deep in my heart is enjoying watching Geno Smith play so well uh, for some weird reason. I'm enjoying it. Um, some sick reason. Um, I think it's because his numbers are so much better than Russell Wilson after Wilson's left. Hang on. I got to, The Dodgers will see the Mickey, Mickey Mouse World Series and the Mickey Mouse AAU basketball tournament, too. Yeah, well put. And yeah, to echo what I said, I'm glad there's like minded people out there on the airwaves and only won the Super Bowl because of the defensive holding call. Thanks, Big Billy. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of I lost my train of thought here. Where was I? Um, Talking about the Rams. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's just get to the part where it says low-class players. Got a couple clips for you. And what I mean by that is they've got talented guys who, when they get upset or are getting outplayed and, and bullied, um, turn into absolute lunatics. Um, they can't handle it. They, you know, if they're getting just beaten fair and square, they resort to dirty tactics. Like uh, we all know that Aaron Donald, um, great player. No one's taking that away from fantastic. Best defensive tackle ever, I I, I guess. Yeah, 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 ever. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer, could retire tomorrow, be in the Hall of Fame on Thursday. Um, that's not how it works. But, um, but when he gets upset, you know, he chokes people or pulls the face mask or takes his helmet off and starts cussing. Um, does a lot of shoveys, shove, shoves people. Um, you know, he, he's, he's intense, high, high energy, high motor guy. Um, so I get it. It's competitive, but uh, it borders on dirty and it's, 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 it's frequent. And he gets kind of just gets away with it for some, because he's such a star. He just kind of, they just let it go. Um, but then you got Jalen Ramsey, another great player, you know, loves to talk shit, you know, that kind of guy. Um, but when it's not going well for him, he does stuff like this. There's Ayuk and Ramsey going at it. Ramsey took exception that Ayuk wouldn't let go of his jersey, so he grabbed a hold of his face gear. Hey, just got blocked all the way down the field by Ayuk on a, I was on a Debo. Uh, that was a little bubble screen that went for 29 yards. Um, I'll show that play later. You can try to focus on Ayuk if you'd like. Um, but he just gets bodied the whole way down the field. Yeah, Ayuk won't let go of his jersey. He's kind of making a point like, you know, I just blocked you all the way down the field. Um, but Ramsey can't really handle it. And he goes, he does, it's the Rams way. He goes right for the face mask just grabs right a hold of it, starts jerking it wildly, tries to force it off his head. Um, it's a low composure, low class play. Um, doesn't get flagged, obviously, because, you know, he's a star from LA and the NFL needs that stuff. Um, you know, it's football guys going at it. No big deal. Um, then a couple plays later on a little screen on third and 13 to Ayuk. He just gets a little chippy here. They bring up fourth down as he's able to take it inside the 20. He does the classic, I'm going to pull your legs a little aggressively, like 
tough guy move. I don't really know what that is. I think it's just being mentally weak, I think, because your team's getting just pummeled um, physically the whole game. Just check it out one more time. He grabs the They bring up fourth down as he's able to take it inside the 24. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. You know, you either got those kind of players on your team or you don't. So I'm glad I don't root for him. <laughs> All right. So there's your Rams uh, breakdown of that franchise. Um, I actually know one Rams fan personally stopped watching football. Um, only puts it on like, you know, when they're winning in like the fourth quarter of a playoff game. So that's, you know, that's basically. Uh, then the, the top, like the main Twitter guy who's who's the Ram the Rams empire. They're big. It's like one of their biggest Twitter fans, if not the biggest one, uh, you know, he's got the big account, tons of followers, people, you know, they respect what he says in Rams world. This is his video on Monday morning from San Francisco. We're here, baby. We're here, baby. Yeah, you certainly, you certainly are there. You and about maybe 40, 50 other fans showed up for that game. Um, I just, I got to watch it again. It's just so, it's so embarrassing. We're here, baby. It speaks for itself. Okay. He's already got the flagpole planted. Okay. It's all the, the bottom, the base of the flagpole is already in the ground awaiting the flag. Then, so he's got to put it there, set up the camera. He's got to back up out of the picture take these big Neil Armstrong steps. Like he just discovered, like he's the first person to be on top of this hill looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. And then he plants the flag. He's got the flag. It's not even facing the right way. You don't even see it say Rams Empire. It's all backwards and and you can't, it's indistinguishable really. Um, and he's got the Ram, he's got a stuffed animal hat helmet, which it's just so obvious he became a fan of football like two years ago it, it's it's tough to there there isn't it's the only it's the only franchise in football who would have that guy do that video for for this for the game there's no other for i can't even think of one there's not one browns lions jets sure those are sad franchises but they're also proud franchises in their own way with football fans who actually understand football and know what's going on. You wouldn't catch any of them dead planting a flag on it. The stadium is like an hour away from the bridge. What? I don't even understand what the, what's going on. What, what the point of this is. I got to watch it again. It's so bad. We're here, baby. It speaks for itself. I could go in on that for another half hour. I'm going to leave it, though. There's your Rams, okay? Yeah, they got – and you know what? We're in the present. We're not in the past. We're not last, you know, last January where they beat us in a very close game. Um, we're not back there. We're current, and they currently just got stomped. They got sent packing back to Southern California. Um 
you know, I didn't really, you know, I kind of jumped ahead here. I wanted to get to the week, weekly Twitter recap. I kind of touched on it, but I got a couple other things that I want to touch on. Um, since we're on the Rams theme, we'll stick with that. So a big Rams thing on Twitter this week was uh, we're going to SoFi North, which, I mean, you almost don't, I almost don't want to address it because it's, it's so hysterical, <laughs> um, but I will. So SoFi stadiums, their stadium, obviously, in Southern California and L.A. So they want to go. I mean, who, if you're watching this, you know this. But so they're saying that Levi Stadium is SoFi North um, because we called SoFi Stadium Levi South, um, which was an original joke and pretty damn accurate based on what you saw last year in week 18, where we absolutely invaded their stadium. Um, 75 percent Niners fans. And they took over the game and let it, the fans basically led the team on a 17-point comeback overtime victory, uh, got us into the playoffs. All the players were saying it was crazy. They'd never seen anything like it. It was amazing to see all the fans there. They said it was really big for the, their morale being down 17 at halftime and coming out and, and making the amazing comeback. Then you get to the NFC Championship game and – the Rams know they're about to get invaded again. So they halt ticket sales to credit cards that aren't registered inside of uh, Los Angeles County, which, I mean, I think there's probably more Niners fans in Los Angeles County anyways than Rams fans, but um, they also, and so they didn't release tickets until uh, three days after they, they dropped, they didn't release them to the rest of California or the rest of, you know, America to buy them. So that caused uh, the turnout to be a little more in favor of the Rams than uh, it would have been. If those tickets gone on sale immediately, we would have snapped them up and absolutely just dominated the stadium again. I, I'm not saying we win. Or I, I'm not going to, you know, what ifs and hypotheticals are for losers. But, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's like the high school football tactic, like homecoming. Like, we're not going to. Tickets are only on sale for students at the school for the first couple of days because we want to make sure we don't give away too many tickets to away fans. Um, you know, this is grown-up NFL football. If you have that much trouble recruiting people to come to the stadium, which they do, then you know that just means you have bad fans. And all your fans are in Missouri. I'm sorry. You can get as many celebrities to come on the field and, you know, show their biceps and, you know, do a little speech. But it's not authentic. It's, you know, it's Hollywood at its best. But, yeah, maybe 30, 40 years from now, they'll have a really good fan base or something. I don't know. Um, there's still hope. Any Rams fans listening, I know you're not, but, um, you know, you're probably great people. But sit down and watch like just you know watch a couple regular season games and then um you can know what it's really like to to be a football fan okay um we have here yeah a lot of people online have been reading uh since jimmy since the narrative shifted from jimmy sucks completely after he shit his pants in in denver which he did um Gotta check the comments here. Always on the comments here. <laughs> no, I'm not posting that one. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of fans on Twitter now that the, the narrative changed because Jimmy played fine. He went back to his game manager thing. Um, you know, I still think he's kind of kept on a leash by Shanahan, which I don't know. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe in the right situations, he'll let him off the chain. But anyway, you know, you've got the narrative changed for, for Niners fans. So they can't just they couldn't just use the crutch of Jimmy played terrible. We lost to the Broncos because. Jimmy played fine and we beat the Rams. So the narrative changed to what a shame the last three years have been that we've wasted an elite defense on a shitty quarterback. The Niners would have had a dynasty if they'd had an elite QB. Okay. Um, first of all, the defense was good, good, not great last year ended up being a lot better in the playoffs. And in 2019, it was above average. And like, I wouldn't say great, but it was not bad. Certainly. Um, we had a dominant running game. 2020, everyone got hurt. We would have had a dynasty if we'd had an elite QB. Um, yeah, maybe Patrick Mahomes, if we drafted Mahomes, we would have won three Super Bowls in a row. It's also just changes everything. You, you, one domino falls with a quarterback. You have an organiz, organizational philosophical change of strategy in the terms of players you bring. It just, you know, like I said, what ifs and hypotheticals are for losers. Okay. Yeah. We haven't won the Super Bowl. Just because we have in what appears to be an elite defense right now that just dominated last night. That doesn't suddenly mean that doesn't suddenly mean you can just pretend it's been that elite the whole time, and that all of a sudden, that was that's that's the reality of the last three years was it's this good as it was last night, and that if we had a competent quarterback we'd have won the last three Super Bowls in a row and on our way to the fourth Super Bowl in a row. I think people are grasping at straws just to be negative, just because they're bitter that. Um, the golden, their chosen one has broke his ankle, unfortunately. Um, and their back stuck to, you know, Jimmy. So that's just another, just, you know, and that's not just one take I cherry picked off of Twitter. It's, it's, it's like, it's like I probably scrolled and saw 10, 20 tweets in that same vein of, you know, thinking. It is what it is. I want to get to this here. What's really what really fueled yesterday's game, and you know, you could almost say the whole season, even though it's only two and two, and I don't want to, you know, do the reactionary like we're fantastic, we're awesome, we just killed the Rams. We're you know, this team's gonna be just fine. This team's gonna, you know, win 12, 13. I, I just wanna I'll pump it, but I feel like a big reason that we've had success so far is because the stars are shining. The players who are supposed to be who, you know, our best players, they're, you know, all pro pro bowl uh, caliber players, quality players. They are the ones doing the work right now. They're the ones that are really getting it done. Uh, Debo is just amazing. Just fantastic after the catch, just hard nosed. Um, he was awesome yesterday. Bosa is leading the NFL in sacks, pressures, and he's been held the most of anyone in the NFL. Um, you got Hufanga, who's just made this incredible leap and is now, he really jumped onto the national stage 
uh, last night against the Rams with that pick six of Stafford late to seal the game. I think people now realize that this kid is, who is this guy? You know, like this guy's really good. Um, and just made, you know, one of the bigger leaps I've seen from year one to year two that I can remember in a while. I th still think he has a few pass coverage deficiencies, but his instincts and his timing and anticipation and the way he hits and gets right to the ball, um, he's he's shown the ability to stop the run really well from the safety position and blitz the quarterback. And I just really like what I'm seeing from him. And Fred Warner, just very consistent in the middle, calling plays for the defense and um, sure-handed tackling, not necessarily sure-handed uh, interception-wise, but um, been very consistent. So I think, you know, that's what we need. Stay healthy and the stars to keep shining, and they are. And that is a key to this team. You know, since we have such top, you know, the, the top, our top players are arguably, you know, you could compare them to any five players on any team. You could say, you know, we got the best five players overall, um, to, you know, combined those five players in the league. You could make an argument, you know, something like that. So we need these top tier guys to keep being top tier guys. And that's been huge. All right, it's time to get to the defense, which is the MVP of this season so far and of last night's game, obviously. Um, like I said, they, they bent occasionally, but they never broke. They really, they make teams have to go on these long protracted drives where they have to be, you know, they have to execute third downs constantly. They're constantly under pressure. Um, when teams get near the red zone, they are stiffening, stiffening up, up real good, not allowing much. Um, in the last three weeks, we have allowed one offensive touchdown in the past three weeks, one offensive touchdown in the last three weeks. That's pretty good. We also haven't given up on defense a first-half touchdown the entire season. Um, I believe we've allowed zero, zero, three, and six. So nine total points in the first half this season. So teams are having a real trouble coming out and uh, doing much of anything to start the, start the game. Um, you know, I really think this team, obviously – Oh, it could easily be four and zero, three and one. Um, it's a shame we dumped both of those games that we dumped. We, you know, to be three and one right now, you'd be like, "Well, this team is good." You know, right now it's like this team's good, but the record doesn't really show the quality of the team. Um, the defense has been phenomenal. Um, let's throw up some of these stats here. Allowed thirty-seven points on defense. Uh, we've allowed 46 total, but seven of those came on a field goal block return and two of them came on Jimmy's safety when he did a little toe tap on the end zone, at the end zone. Um, so 37 total points allowed on defense. That's 9.3 per game. That's the best in the NFL. Even that 46 point total is the best in the NFL. I just wanted to really highlight how well the defense had done without, uh, you know, putting in those nine points that they didn't do anything to deserve. So 37 points on defense, 9.3 per game, leads the NFL, allowing 262.3 yards per game. That also leads the NFL. Um, it's like 160 passing and like, you know, it's like 180 passing and like 75 rushing, something like that. Um, 
So we're really not allowing teams to pass or run, uh, throw or run on us with any consistency. They're not comfy back there either. We got 15 sacks, um, 2.9 yards per rush allowed. That's pretty darn good. If you do that, you got teams backed up on third and long all day. Last night, <clears throat> last night the Rams had zero plays of 20-plus yards. Zero the entire game. They ran like 25 more plays than us. They, had, they won the time possession by 10 minutes. Um, that'll happen when they're constantly um, trying to come back in the game. But just just great on all tiers. Um, defensive line, just getting after it. Linebackers playing smart and good, uh, sure-handed. And the back end, so much improved um, with these new pieces and the returning piece. Emmanuel Mosley, shout out to Emmanuel Mosley. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he was always pretty solid, but he's really started to shine this year. I don't know what's going on with this defense. It's just uh, the defensive coordinator, he's going to be a head coach soon, maybe next year. Um, and he was a hell of a player himself, D'Amico Ryans. But I, I love I love what's going on with this team right now. Um, it's very fun as a fan when you have a, a an elite defense like this. You don't get it very often. And you, ho you hope it's not a mirage. You know, I thought maybe through the first two weeks, maybe even after last week, I was like, I hope this isn't a mirage. I hope we're not just playing bad matchups and uh, teams that are struggling to do offense. No, this I, I think now I have enough – the sample size enough evidence to say this is a really really good defensive unit i don't know if we can maintain these incredible stats as the schedule gets harder from week seven to you know basically the end of the year but if we can you know approach these even a little bit it's going to be a long year for teams trying to score against us um, so that's really exciting and um this reminds me a lot of those really tough Harbaugh defenses in, um, you know, the, the early part of the 2010s decade. Um, we're going to have to see how it goes, but right now we got clear cut the best defense in the NFL. It's, there's not much of an argument. There really isn't. Could have made the argument for Tampa Bay, but they just got lit up by Mahomes, which does that to a lot of people, but all right. Bear with me here. Yeah, the offensive line too was so much better than it was than it has been. I mean, we allowed zero sacks. We got the run game going. We averaged over five yards a carry. Uh, you know, Jimmy got the ball out quick, but when he did have to sit there and and take pressure, other than a couple blown, uh, a couple blown protections against Donald, which it's not really a guy you want to just whiff on. One of the plays, we didn't even touch him. We didn't even address his presence. He just came right through. Jimmy luckily got the ball away before he was sacked. But, you know, in general, I think the offensive line did their job, and especially with this unit of, of youngsters and backups, and it's all very pieced together right now. It was very impressive how they managed to fare. Um, we'll see if they, how they do on the road next week against a decent little Carolina defense, but – um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully they, they're, they're all coming together. Um, third downs, we were much better. One for 10 last week. We were five, five for 12 this week. A market improvement there. Um, still could be better. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, we could still be a little less conservative on some of these calls on third down. 
But again, a couple of those conservative calls really worked out in our favor um, in this last game. So uh, Shanahan, we'll see. Maybe he's just letting Jimmy get his feet wet after a off season and with no training camp and no reps and, and no practice snaps and, you know, just getting thrown back into the fire. Maybe he's just warming them up a little bit. He'll, he'll open up the offense a bit. Perhaps Kyle's seeing the bigger picture where some of us stubborn Niner fans are, you know, very short term, you know, why aren't we winning right now? Why aren't we doing these things on offense? So I was a little harsh on Kyle last week. I'll pump, I'll, I'll pull it back a bit. I think it was fine. Um, you know, yeah, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to what I was going to say later in the program. Hang on. We've had a, we've had a, an issue here. Okay. All right, yeah, we had a few penalties. We had four penalties for 25 yards. Um, it was a far cry from week one where we had 12 for 99. We cleaned it up week two. And then the penalties were absolutely just terrible last week, too. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, it wasn't good. A lot of offensive holdings and procedural mistakes. We cleaned it up real good in this game. Uh, they called a legal contact on Fred Warner that was on Cooper Cup. Um, that was just not, it was a nonsense penalty um, on like a second and second and 11 or something late, late in the game. So that wasn't even a real penalty, but, um, and then he had a offside, a false start and it was just, it was a pretty clean game. Um, they weren't like devastating penalties at bad times. They didn't, you know, you didn't have a 50 yard pass interference or anything like that. So I think we've, we've been disciplined really well at home. And on the road, very undisciplined. So we're going to need to make an emphasis on that. Um, I think it's like 20 penalties on the road and five at home so far. So need to clean that up on the road because we are going on the road for the next game. All right. We're going to get to the game recap. We've got a bunch of clips to show you just like last week. We won 24 to nine. It was an absolute domination. Um, we never, we did trail three, nothing, but then we scored a touchdown and uh, never trailed after that. It still was a classic Niners game in terms of the feeling that you never quite felt like you were going to win. At least I didn't until, you know, the pick six late in the game to seal it. And then I still, then there's still thoughts in my mind, six minutes left. Rams got all their timeouts down 15. It's like, well, they go score two point conversion. They use their timeouts to get the ball, tie the game. We lose in overtime. You know, it's, you still never feel comfortable or safe, I guess. Um, but there were moments where I felt, you know, I, the doomsday clock, you know, ticking over my head. Um, it's hard to, after last week, um, just had to get this win for multitude of reasons, record wise. And the mental health of most of our fans was on the line. So thank you. Thank you guys for playing well. Lambs stink. Yep. Lambs. They were definitely lambs. They laid right down. Um, no horns. Um, so we're going to get into some plays here. Um, we got, you know, we had seven sacks. I'm going to show you a bunch of them. Here we go. 5'8", 208. They take it to him, and Stafford is sacked. Back. 
One more time. 5-8-2-0-8. They take it to him, and Stafford is sacked. Back. So they try to chip uh, Samson Evocom with a wide receiver there, and it doesn't work out very well. Um, they just got right through. You know, that was kind of the story. That was early. It was 0-0. Um, that was real early on in the game. Um, and that just was the theme. It just continued. We pressured him all. We pressured Stafford all day. Um, Stafford is, you know, he's he's got the Super Bowl now. He's still got a career losing record. Yeah, I know he played in Detroit, whatever. Still got a career losing record. He still has an unbelievably bad record against teams with a winning record at the time that he plays them. He's still extremely turnover prone, loves throwing picks, um, loves holding onto the ball and just absorbing hits and sacks. And yeah, he's a tough guy. I respect him actually. But uh, he went to the wrong team for me to, you know, give much of a hoot about him anymore. Um, so yeah, he's, he's overrated. You know, they had a perfect thing last year. They had, they had good enough offensive line, good enough defense, good enough skill players, and they, they all fell into place for them and they backed their way into that Super Bowl. Um, good for them. Stafford is who we thought he was. He's, you know, he's Lions, Matt Stafford. Without every, all the perfect pieces in place, he's just, you know, your average quarterback with the big flashy arm who's going to do the stats. And But he's prone to sacks and turnovers and making big mistakes. And he did that, you know, and it's not easy against our defense, but he didn't really help himself out. Um, his buddy Cooper Cup, I have nothing bad to say about him. He's a, that man is a perfect person. Um, one of the best receivers I've ever seen in my entire life. Just the, just the way he gets open, uh, he's so good catching the ball. Uh, he absolutely torches us to death every time we play him. He had 19 targets, 14 catches, over 100 yards, and um, not a touchdown, thankfully, because they didn't score one. But if they had scored one, I definitely would have been him. Um, he's just a fantastic football player. I actually really love watching him play. Um, nothing bad to say about Cooper Cup. All right. Uh, so they go up three, nothing on a long drive to start the game. It's like seven or eight minutes long, but we, we, we held, they converted a bunch of third downs. I would had a really bad feeling about this game after watching that drive. I was like, Oh my God, they're comfy. They're locked in. But then we held them to a field goal and I, I felt a lot better about that. Um, we, they stalled out around the 20. We got a big sack. Um, that was the sack I showed you. Then we go down the field. Jimmy makes some nice third down conversions to Jawan Jennings. We get a couple plays going. Kyle got him into a nice rhythm to start the game on the very first pass of the game from um, to Ayuk. And then we get this play, Jeff Wilson uh, seeing some nice daylight. On first down, here is a toss right up the gut. Wilson, goodbye, touchdown 49ers. All right, watch number 89. It's going to be hard to see his number, but he's on the left side. He's a tight end, uh, Charlie Warner. Watch what he does uh, creating, basically opens up that hole. Him and Kittle open up that hole right there. See if you can see if you can try to watch that. On first down, here is a toss right up the gut. Wilson, goodbye, touchdown 49ers. Just a beautiful work by the tight ends. They crisscross and, and create create that gap and Wilson hits it, makes a really nice cut and he's gone. And uh, I surprised, I didn't know Wilson was quite that, that quick speedy when he gets into open space. Um, so that was great to see. It's a great drive, great answer. You know, you want to put points up immediately. We go up seven, three and, you know, 
that's almost all we needed. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty back and forth with, with, you know, stopping drive stalling out and some punts going on. We've got a nice one here. We got Nick Bosa with a really nice sack. I love the way he throws Stafford down. Um, I love his little, I love his celebration that he's, that he started to do the little shrug. Um, I, I don't do it nearly as well as him. And be incomplete. Third down and nine. Bosa. The sack. They just don't even pick him up. We run a little stunt there into the A-gap, and um, they just don't even pick him up. He's just got a clean shot at Stafford. I want to play it again because I really like how he grabs him and like he, he throws him down in a way that he could barely get away with it without getting penalized. It was like it was there was like kind of an art to the way he threw him down. And be incomplete. Third down and nine. Bosa. The sack. He's just a pleasure to watch. And I know I said earlier, but he's leading the NFL in sacks with six through four games. He's got the most pressures. And he's got the most times being held. And in my estimation, he's got the most times being held without drawing the flag. Seems like he's getting held perpetually. Um, kind of like Matt Judon, the Patriots, if you ever watch the Patriots. Um, being a New Englander, I, I see a lot of Patriots. Um, that guy gets held a ton, too. So I really love what Bose is doing. He's just a phenomenal player. I mean, right now you kind of would say, other than Minka Fitzpatrick, he's you know the defensive player of the year. There's probably someone I'm not thinking of, but Bose is definitely in the running to start the year, and he's on pace for over 20 sacks. That'd be really cool to see. Um, he's a physical specimen. He's a he's a good guy too. Um, all right, so then then they, they they eventually kick a field goal, and make it seven to six. They had another nice drive, but we didn't break again. We stopped them in the red zone, and seven to six, and then we got a third and three here after you know a little a short little drive, third and three. And the most special player in the NFL after the catch does his thing, makes him look like a little, like a sixth grade peewee football team. I got some comments here. I'm going to pull up first because I like to you know, include the fans. Big Billy's really active tonight. Oh, Jack Jones. Is he getting held a lot too? Uh, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure what that comment means, but I, I know it's a Patriots player, the rookie at a pick six last week, I think. Yeah. He had a pick six last week on Rogers. Um, Looks like a good young player. Okay, back to the brand. Okay, we got Debo making just an unbelievable highlight real play that we'll be seeing all year. And anytime the Rams have to play us, they'll be seeing it on the you know the national broadcast. To play the style of football that he'd really like to be able to play right now. Third down and three, quick throw, what a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one -on -one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. Nice tackle by Ramsey there. Um, All-pro player. Can't can't bring him down. Um, yeah, the video skipped at a really nice spot. He makes like a nice cut there. Video skipped. You know, you can't be perfect. Um, but the Rams, they didn't help themselves out there, but Debo goes up and grabs a high pass and just makes it a flurry and series of moves and cuts. Um, just an unbelievable play. we got to watch it one more time because it's so special. To play the style of football that he'd really like to be able to play right now. Third down and three, quick throw, what a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one -on -one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel, highlight reel, touchdown. 
You absolutely got to love that block by Ayuk too on uh, Ernest Jones, their linebacker. Ayuk just absolutely just sends him flying there at the end. Uh, I think Debo gets in anyways, but that's such a it's it's a fun block and it's good to see Ayuk helping out his his brother, his yak brother, as Jimmy likes to call them. Oh, right. Okay. Jack Jones, Patriots. It's a joke implying he's defensive player of the year because I was trying to think of other players. <laughs> well, he did have a pick six on Aaron Rodgers. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a good baseline to start from if you're going for DPOY. Um, then, okay, 14 to six. We go into the half with that score. Um, Shanahan was very conservative up 14 to six before the half. We got the ball at about the 35. Uh, we need about 30, 40 yards, uh, 35 yards probably to get into field goal range. We had a timeout in like, I don't know, 40 seconds left maybe. Um, and he just, you know, he calls for a quick, quick slant and then doesn't call a timeout. Let's the clock run down to about 12. The next play doesn't work out. Um, then we just, yeah, we just throw the ball out of bounds to end the half. I would, you know, I, I could, I could go for a little, you know, aggressiveness in that situation. You go up 17 to six before the half, it really feels different, especially getting the ball too. Um, but you know, that's just the coach we have. He, he has his pros and his cons and I'm, I am pretty sick of the conservative, constant conservative. We'll see if he opens it up. I'll give him some time before I go in on him again. So we get to 14-6. Um, this is early in the third quarter, I believe. And we just get more pressure on Stafford. We get back-to-back -back sacks here on back-to-back -back plays. Um, a lot of it's – the first one is just, you know, it's not really his fault. The second one, he just holds the ball forever, which he loves to do. Um, these are coverage sacks too. I mean – if you watch the all 22, you'll see, I mean, he's got nowhere to go really. And he's locked onto cup anyway. He's just staring that guy down and it's hard to blame him because cup is so good, but I think Stafford's gotten kind of there's the Rams are, they don't have a lot of options. Um, the team NFL changes so quickly. And this is a perfect example. I mean, I know they're two and two and still tied to the division and they, you know, but it feels like this team's just a lot different. Like they don't have Beckham opening things up for them. Van Jefferson's been hurt. They're down three offensive linemen. They lost Von Miller. They lost one of their linebackers. I know they brought in Bobby Wagner, but it's just a very, there's a lot of turnover for this team. And there's just not, I don't see the continuity. Okay, here's the back-to-back -back sacks on Stafford. He's really done a whole lot. Someone else needs to step up. Here's a sack for San Francisco. As Omenahu got home, and Fred Warner was there as well, a loss of 11. And four right guards in four games. Stafford is hit again, and down he goes. Just completely untouched. The uh, Higby completely whiffs on trying to stop the, uh, the, the, the nickel blitz from the, uh, the cornerback there from Lenore. Um, just completely whiffs on that. Um, Stafford holds the ball for a long time, though. Really good. We're just getting after him. He dialed up uh, – D'Amico Ryan's dialed up the blitz perfectly a couple times. Um, and we got pressure all day. And there was another example of it. Then uh, later in the game, it's 14-6. to The Rams are going in. They're trying to tie the game. Um, or at least, you know, get a touchdown, go for two. We end up holding um, – stopping them again in the red zone. They kick a field goal. It's 14 to nine uh, during that drive though. They're totally inept, inefficient, weak, um, unable to break a tackle running back cam Akers, who 
they just stubbornly pretend is is a NFL quality starting running back, and it's just it's become. I've been on this take for years that this guy is not any good. He's a detriment to your team. But yeah, please keep using him. Uh, you know, as a Niners fan, I love the fact that they stubbornly keep believing this guy. Just look how. Just look at this. Is this a run? It this looks like a this looks like a punt returner doing an end around that gets blown up. Not like a running back. Toss to Acres. Chased by Greenlaw. Good play. Just absolutely ragdoll. Just thrown. He, he he stops. He doesn't even make a cut. He's like afraid, I think, of, of what's going to happen in that play. Um, just accepts his minus three yards, which is, you know, either gets two yards or minus two or three. It's it's his he's wildly inefficient this season. He had eight carries for thir- or eight carries for 13 yards against us. That's one point five uh, average, one point six, maybe um, it's not good. I know it's not good. Um, and he's just been really bad forever. Anyway, um, I, Dre Greenlaw making a great read there coming from, you know, across the field and just reading that perfectly and just blowing him up. Greenlaw had an unbelievable game. Want to highlight that for sure. Um, you know, 15 tackles. I'll throw that up here. He had 15 tackles. Warner had nine tackles. Bosa, two sacks, five QB hits. Ebicom, two sacks, a forced fumble. Ufanga, a pick six. The team had seven total sacks, nine tackles for loss, a plus two turnover margin, and 3.5 yards per play allowed. That is elite shit right there. 3.5 yards per play allowed uh, against a team that, you know, fancies itself a decent offensive team. Um, so just, you know, complete performance from the defense. Then, you know, okay, so we have eight. I want to show it again because I really don't like Cam Akers. Toss to Akers. Chased by Greenlaw. Good play. Keep giving them the ball. Um, Okay, they kick a field goal, 14-9. We have a really nice drive. We go up 17-9. We just barely missed that touchdown in the back of the end zone. Jimmy makes just a just a great throw in a tight window across the field there to Kittle in the back of the end zone. Kittle can't quite get his toes down. Um, George has had a tough start to the year, you know, being injured and then not really looking like himself as this elite pass catcher. Um, you know, he's kind of, you know, due to necessity of the offensive line being so banged up and the conservative nature of this offense. He's kind of been relegated to this almost the sixth offensive lineman. Um, but he's such a phenomenal blocker. I mean, he's throwing guys around. Um, on some of these clips, you can, if you spot him, you can see him making just great blocks, making a huge difference, opening up holes, getting guys into space. And it's very valuable. And I love it. I just, you know, I, I know this guy is talented as a receiver and a yards after the catch guy as well. Want to get him back into the fold as an offensive weapon um, other than just a blocker. So I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. I think it will. I think you're going to start to see some, you know, seven catches, 90 yards, a touchdown, like we're accustomed to seeing from Kittle. Um, And Jimmy loves throwing to Kittle, you know, so I'd anticipate Kittle becoming more involved in the offense soon. And I guarantee we're going to need him to at some point or another. Um, This offense isn't at its maximum potential without him catching the ball too. 
All right, I digress from that point. But um, so you're going to see, yeah, we, we Kittle doesn't catch that touchdown. We kick the field goal from the from the half-yard line. When you're up 14-9, you got to take the three points to go up eight. I won't argue with Shanahan's decision, decision there. It does, you know, definitely. You could definitely catalog it as another conservative decision. Um, I know John Harbaugh would have gone for it. Uh, I have no idea what goes through that guy's mind. Tied at 20, fourth and goal from the two, four minutes left. He goes for it instead of taking the lead against the Buffalo Bills. Just a mind-boggling decision. But this isn't a Baltimore Ravens show. So, yeah, we kicked the field goal from the one-yard line. Um, we actually, I thought it was funny. We took a we took an intentional delay of game to back Robbie Gold up to the six-yard line to take that kick. And I think that is a reaction to Gold's uh, field goal again, getting blocked and returned for a touchdown from the one-yard line um, against the Seahawks in week two. Uh, I, that's at least my take on it. I don't know that for sure. But I think that was a reaction by Shanahan, giving a little extra space to breathe and, and kick it more comfortably. Um, I don't really know if that makes any sense, but, and then we, uh, we're going in to kind of seal the game 17. We get a stop. We're going to seal the game 17, nine. We're on a nice drive. Uh, look at this great play on third and 13 by Debo again, just making something out of seemingly nothing. He's just so good on those bubble screens. All right. All right. Third down and 13 and Samuel out on the edge. Conservative throw oh, man. and a first down. To the 29. Just great blocking, too, but um, he knows how to hit the hole. He knows how to follow his block. All right, all right. Third down and 13, and Samuel out on the edge. Conservative oh, throw. Oh, man. And a first down to the 29. I'm not sure if the video skipping is, is uh, you know, the way I recorded it or if it's uh, just Debo's so fast he caused a blip in the camera. Um but yeah, I absolutely love seeing him in space. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, he's he's a thrilling player to watch once he gets the ball in his hands. Then you know we that drive stalls out, um, and we kick a field goal to uh, go up twenty to nine and kind of put that game away. It would have felt like it was put away, up two scores, and they're not you know they're really struggling to do anything and score touchdowns. So, but then you know. Robbie Gold's been such a good, consistent kicker for us forever, seemingly. But he does have these occasional bad misses um, that crop up. Comes to mind the Cincinnati game last year. He had a field goal to win the game from like 44 and, and missed it. We did win in overtime, but he missed at the buzzer. Um, he's had some misses that kind of get you know swept under the rug because he's never missed in the playoffs ever. Never missed a single kick in a, in a playoff game. And he's kicked a lot of kicks in the playoffs, which is wildly impressive. Um, and he's, you know, he's fairly consistent. He's got a, he's got a good career um, accuracy rate on field goal kicks. It's, yeah, I think it's like top 20, maybe top 10. It, it's up there. It's, it's good. Um, I won't begrudge Robbie too much, but I have noticed he tends to, I guess all kickers miss kicks, but this one's just one you really want to have. This is the kind of one I'll show it first. They hit it to extend it to a two-possession game. They do not. Yeah. And when you're up 17 to 9, you've been dominating the whole game. You gotta make that kick and really just, you know, cinch it. You gotta just 
just finish, you know, that would have been like, you know, the dagger almost, um, at least it would have felt that way. And when you miss it, suddenly, you know, being the Niners fan who's seen collapses and seen horrors, many, many horrors, you just start thinking all the bad thoughts like, oh, well, here we go again. We're about to lose this game. They're going to go down. They're going to get the two-point conversion. They're going to tie at 17. We're going to lose on a field goal at the end or an overtime or Cooper Cup, you know. <laughs> all those thoughts start. The wheels start turning. Um, I was actually really pissed. I was really sad. I was like, we're going to fucking lose all of a sudden. I should have had more faith that the defense, who hadn't allowed anything all game, would would uh, would make finally make that big breakthrough play and seal the game. And we're going to show that. Um, I've been plugging this guy since the beginning of the year. I thought he was special. Um, every you know, anybody who really follows the Niners or really you know uh, watches the games, watches the tape, could kind of have seen this coming. Um, Talanoa Hufanga, um, he just seems like he's that guy all of a sudden. Um, I said he reminded me of Palomalo. He trained with Palomalo this offseason, and this is a very Troy Palomalo type play, aided by a pretty bad little lollipop throw by, by Stafford, but it's still a great anticipation, a great read. Watch, watch Ufanga. He's on the left side from the safety position. Watch him read this play. Another 100 yards against the 49ers again for Cooper Cup. This one is juggled pick. There goes Hafunga. Hafunga, touchdown, San Francisco. Pick six. Fifteen-point game. Talanoa Hufunga, second-year pro from USC. Just love to see it. Um, he just makes such a – you know, he's – he clearly has studied the tape and watched a lot of cup and seen um, he sees it develop. He sees that play develop um, and just jumps it and he almost over jumps it, but he jumps it and the throw is not good. It's kind of floating there, but you know, can't take anything away from Fonga. He just makes a great play. Just watch, watch him again, read this. I'll, I'll only show a little bit of this clip this time. Another hundred yards against the 49ers again for Cooper cup. This one is juggled pick. There goes Hafunga. Hafunga, touchdown, San Francisco. Now, making that kind of play in the NFL is not super easy. You have to trust yourself. You have to, you know, you have to have studied the other team and the anticipation. You know, some of those things are not, you know, they're not just taught. Some of it's instinct, too. Um, so I'm looking forward, forward to seeing what kind of, what he has to offer for the rest of the year. Um, I'm obviously very impressed and very thrilled to see, um, you know, another great safety emerge. We've had a decent history of great safety play in San Francisco. Um, so hopefully he's the next, you know, he's the next uh, all pro um, for us. So that puts the game pretty much to bed 24 to nine um, with about six minutes left uh, at that point, you know, it's cooked. You don't really think they're going to be able to uh, score two touchdowns on a defense that's been lights out all night. And they don't. Um, but one final last play to really hammer home um, uh, you know, the theme of the night, uh, getting pressure on Stafford. Pressure. Ball was hit and nearly picked by Greenlaw. 
Ebukam got his hand on the ball. So that play looks really disjointed. The camera doesn't, the camera operator doesn't really know what's going on. Um, neither do the players, it seems. They think it's an incomplete pass, but we end up diving, we end up getting the ball, uh, scooping it. Um, and it's a fumble, and it's clearly it comes backwards, hits Ebukam, and goes forward. So it looks like a forward pass. It's funny how these players in the NFL. Uh, on a clear incomplete pass that bounces, you know, they're, they're running all the way down the field with it thinking they have a touchdown or I don't know, or, you know, for all the times players don't stop playing the ball and don't stop on the whistle. For some reason, both teams kind of sat there and kind of just like pawed at the ball. Like, is this a fumble? Or, um, it was just kind of weird to see that. Luckily we dove on it and ended the game right then and there um, essentially. But I want you to watch this again. You'll see Ebicom. He's the he's the right uh, he's the right defensive end on this play, um, close closer to the bottom of the screen. And his spin move. Once he realized Stafford steps up to avoid the pressure, his spin move back is just fantastic. His second sack of the game and the forced fumble. Just watch the way he spins off his block to get to Stafford. Pressure. Ball was hit. And nearly picked by Greenlaw. Yeah, that's just beautiful right there. Um, great instincts. Uh, great play. He's been really good. I, I really enjoy. Uh, we got him from the Rams, which makes it even sweeter. Um, and he made he's made some big plays in his career. He's underrated. He's a good compliment to Bosa on the other side, rushing the passer. Um, I really like what he's brought this year. I, I, he's got in, incredible speed off the edge. I really like his development and what he's become. I think he's got three or four sacks on the year. Um, so really positive stuff. Um, there's some offensive stats. I didn't flash them earlier. I usually do, but since we're, you know, um, so yeah, that was the, that was the end of the game. Pretty much. Um, we got the win. 24 to nine, huge win. Like I said, evens up the, NFC West, only division football where every team's two and two. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's fun, though, in a, in a way. But it's just so much better than if we'd been one and three. The Rams were three and one. Like, you know, they got the tiebreaker on us. We're down two in the division. It's just such a huge win. You don't usually think of a week four win as huge. But, like, you know, I called this a must win, essentially. And it just was really necessary to turn, you know, to turn the momentum of the season, to turn the morale of the season for the fans and the players, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, get back to 500, kind of reset. It kind of resets everything. The whole division's tied. Nobody really looks particularly great. I'd say of all the four teams in the division, we look the best. Um, despite, you know, the issues we've had and the two losses we've had. Uh, I'd say going forward, you'd be more confident putting your chips in with the Niners than you would with the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. Because um, <clears throat> Geno Smith for the Seahawks, he's wearing that slipper right now, but you can see him turn into a pumpkin pretty anytime soon. Um, as you remember a couple episodes ago, I don't really know or get the whole Cinderella um, fairy tale or book, movie, whatever it is. Um, I still don't, but pumpkins – yeah, anyway, and uh, Arizona, they're just – they're not a complete team. Um, they're struggling on both sides of the ball somewhat. Um, Murray's made some – you know, in the Raiders game, he was phenomenal. But they're just a little off. 
I'm not really sure what to, to, what to make of the Cardinals. And um, the Rams, you know, they looked like a mess against us. They looked like a mess against the Bills. So pretty much the, the games against good teams they've had, they've looked like a total mess. They scored 19 points in those two games that they've lost. Um, their identity, they need to find their identity. But I think we kind of found our identity, which is just the same as it's been for the last, you know, three, four years. Um, we're just right back there. It feels like we're right back where, where, we, where they left us. Um, so I, I like our chances going forward. I think, you know, I tentatively, tentatively am going to call us the favorite to win the NFC West. Uh, we All four teams have, you know, fairly difficult schedules. Um, so I think, you know, 10 wins can win this division, maybe even nine. I, I don't think it's this vaunted NFC West like it was last year or, you know, we're supposed to be. Um, But I can see us finding a way to get to 10, 11 wins and winning the division. That'd be awesome. I, I actually think we're the favorite, though, just slightly, I guess, over the Rams. I don't know. It's a weird it's fucking. It's all fucking weird. Um, so, yeah, offense, some offensive stats. It wasn't like a big, you know, explosive, showy offensive game other than for Debo. Um, Jimmy, 16 for 27 for 239, a touchdown. More importantly, no turnovers and no sacks taken. Played a great game, managed the game, missed a couple of throws, but you know that'll happen. It happens to everybody. He'll he'll get there. He'll be hitting some of those big plays that we're trying to scheme. Um, I just feel so much more positive about the whole general outlook of everything after watching that game. Um, and I think rightfully so. Samuel, six catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, most of them coming on that 57-yard incredible play. Um, but it's great to see him get really involved. You know, he hadn't really had the huge, you know, um, explosive day in the stat sheet or, you know, and he had he had that finally. So that's a really good sign. Get him going. Kyle Juszczyk, un, uh, you know, unsung hero of, of the team in general sometimes. And, uh, and this game, too, he had a 135-yard catch, um, just took a quick little out pass from Jimmy and ran up the sideline. Really well-schemed play. Um, they all thought it was like a little pick play for IU. Like three defenders went with him. No one went with Juszczyk. As a huge play, as drive starter. And then the same drive, he had a nine-yard. Uh, we had the little fullback counter play to him. And he ran, made a nice little cut off the edge, got nine-yard rush. He had 44 total yards. He, he does it all. You know, he blocks. He's one of the better fullbacks uh, that's been around for a long time. Uh, Jeff Wilson just doing his consistent thing. Uh, as you know, filling in nicely at running back. I believe he's had over 70 yards in all three games um, since since he became the starter. He had 18 rushes for 74 yards and a touchdown, uh, including that long 32-yard touchdown, longest uh, touchdown run of his career. Um, so it's great to see. It's, it's good to see him taking, you know, seizing the opportunity he's been afforded with Mitchell's injury and, and – um, just playing good ball, doing good things. Uh, I still don't think he's on par with Mitchell. It'd be great to get Mitchell back eventually at full health. But Wilson's doing his job, and he just needs to continue doing that kind of thing. Then Ayuk with four catches for 37 yards. Nothing flashy, but he made some great blocks. He does the dirty work. Um, and I think we'll get him a little more involved going forward. Kittle, I think, only had two for 28, but... Like I said, we need to get him going too. There's the offense there. 
All right. It is time we get to the week five matchup against the Carolina Panthers. The prediction, the gambling angle, all that good fun stuff. See the poker chips? That means it's gambling time. That means it's time to talk betting and predictions and lots of fun. All right, so now we're two and two. We go an away game against Carolina. What's nice about that is the game is at four o'clock, not at one o'clock. So it's not, it doesn't feel like, you know, you're playing like at 10 a.m. It doesn't feel like you're playing three hours earlier for a West Coast team. So I was pretty happy when I saw that that game's taking place in the afternoon. Um, well, in the late afternoon as opposed to the early afternoon. Um, so we opened up six and a half point favorites at Carolina. Over under 39. All four of our games have gone under so far, which is clearly a product of our awesome uh, defense and our middling offense, at least statistically so far. Um, I thought the line would be about where it is. Um, I saw some preliminary line at minus four, but that thing moved rapidly to minus six and a half. Um, so that's a lot of points to give for a, you know, a road team. But Carolina has been pretty shaky offensively. Baker is, uh, is last in the NFL and basically all important, you know, quarterback metrics, like, uh, got like a 54 completion percentage. Um, I think he's got more turnovers than touchdowns for sure. He's, uh, he's dead last in, in QBR or QB rating. One of the two, maybe both. I know he's dead last in one of them. Um, that's not good. Uh, this guy is, you know, Baker's a bum. I don't really think there's, I hope that doesn't come back to bite me saying that, but I think it's pretty clear he's a bum at this point. Um, he had that one kind of Cinderella year with the Browns when they went 11 and five, they won a playoff game. He, he, as a rookie, he had, you know, he set the NFL record for most touchdown passes by a rookie quarterback. But ever since then, it's kind of pumpkin time, you know? Um, Everyone thought last year was just, he's really hurt. He's playing through the shoulder injury. He's really banged up. Uh, he's, he's toughing it out. Good for him. And he played really bad. So that was the excuse, you know, like, oh, Baker, you know, he has the opportunity to bounce back and prove that it's not, he didn't suck. It's just the injury. Well, he's not doing that. And Panthers coach also has got to be on the hot seat. I saw an alarming stat for them. Since the coach took over, Matt Rule for the Panthers, they're one in twenty-six when their opponents score seventeen or more points. One in twenty-six when their opponents score more than seventeen points, uh, including uh, twenty-four in a row lost when their opponent scores seventeen or more points. That is stunning. That's stunning. You think you could win a, a couple games? when your opponent scored 20 points or something, apparently not. So Carolina is really struggling offensively. Their defense is solid. I think it's okay. I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's, it's great. I think it's just, you know, kind of right down the middle. They got, they got some playmakers. They got some guys like uh, Brian Burns. And I like the rookie Frankie Louvu and um, Jeremy Chin and, um, I want to say Stefan. No, Stefan Gilmore's. He's gone. Yeah, he went somewhere else. 
I should know. I, can, I have no idea why I can't remember all of a sudden. But Gilmore's not not there anymore. They got some players, um, but I don't think they're like a fearsome unit that that's going to be able to shut us down completely. So I think Carolina's weak offensive, weak, weak offensively, very weak offensively, and you know, mediocre on defense. So I think we should be able to handle them, and we should be able to handle them by more than a touchdown. I like us winning this game. I like us really shutting them down. I like our defense to just continue its dominance, really put the hurt. Last time we played Baker, you know, it was like 30 to three on Monday night football when he was on the Browns. It was just a, it's just a, a beat down. we sacked him over and over again. Bosa planted the flag. Um, if you remember, which is a throwback to when Baker planted the flag um, against Ohio state. Uh, Bosa got his revenge in that game. So I like us to give Baker some trouble here. I, I really, he's been unwilling to take shots down the field. His depth of targets, one of the lowest in the league. Um, but it hasn't helped his accuracy. Throwing the ball short hasn't helped his accuracy. It's also one of the worst in the league. He's just playing really, really bad. And I just think it'd be hard for someone to make the argument that it's going to turn around against the best defense statistically in the NFL right now. So I expect them to score, you know, if they score 10, I'd be impressed. I really would. If it's all, if they score 10 on offense, I'll be impressed. Um, I like us to win this game, like pretty similar to this Rams game. Uh, I like 24 to 10, maybe 24 to seven. Uh, I like the un under 39 too. Um, we're 0 and 4 against the under, against the over. Uh, so I like this, the trend to continue us to stay under the number. I know it's extremely low, but tell me how Carolina scores and I'll tell you how the game gets over 39. So, and we're not explosive on offense right now. I don't know if it's a choice or if it's just a reality, but I don't see this. I don't see this getting up there in number. So I got 24, 10 San Francisco. Um, and we really need the game. You know, we got Carolina and Atlanta. The next two games, we got Carolina on the road and then Atlanta at home. And this would be just huge to be foreign to. It would just be massive. You know, it would be because um, the schedule from week seven and on, there aren't many two, there aren't many layups. You know, when you look at the schedule, you go, we should win that game. You don't, you don't look at the schedule. Most of the games the schedule look like that's going to be a battle. You know, it's like Chargers, Chiefs, Bucks, uh, Raiders. Um, there's more, there's more tough. Oh, you got Cardinals twice, the Rams again and week eight. Um, you know, you get Seahawks one more time. Not too worried about that really, but um, a couple fill in games. I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but yeah. Anyway, um, it's the point is the schedule it's saints. I think, I think there's the saints on there. The schedule does not look particularly easy going forward after these next two games. So we really got to get these two games. Well, three and three is not the end of the world, but you really want to be four and two when you've got Carolina and Atlanta coming up. And I like the fact that we're playing Carolina in Carolina and Atlanta in San Francisco, uh, as opposed to the opposite, because I think Atlanta has been a nice scrappy team and I wouldn't necessarily want to go play them in their building. Um, Carolina, on the other hand, I play them here, there, London, Dubai, I feel pretty comfortable with shutdown Baker Mayfield. So it'd be great to go four and two. 
and the season feels like it's back on track. But, you know, this is San Francisco. This is being a Niners fan. You never quite know what the next twist or turn is. But you got to just hope for the best. And um, I'm looking forward to this game on Sunday. And I think we're going to take it. All right. All right, so coming up on the EMQ podcast, Locker Room, the brand, you got uh, today's Tuesday or Wednesday. It all kind of melds together. On Thursday, you're going to have two programs, EMQ Bets. That is a gambling show. It's kind of just like what I did there, except way more in-depth and uh, extensive, and we make five picks every week, and it's you got to follow us. I mean, we're just absolutely crushing our records right now are well, well, well above 500. Um, me and my host, BMAC, he's 11 games over 500, and I'm nine games over 500. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's been a couple games. We've picked about 10 games now. Uh, we do five bets per game. So we're absolutely crushing it. You got to follow along with that. It just makes no sense if you're not. Um, and then on Thursday, a couple hours, about an hour after that show, there's a Pat Stans Inc., which is following the New England Patriots. Um, the turmoil going on with that team right now um, with the injuries and just the really gut-wrenching loss to the Green Bay Packers. They played so well, but as most teams do, lost to Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Um, so they'll be talking all about that. Should be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. On Friday, you get the Friday night flight. That is the New York Jets show with the, uh, the brand leader, our fearless leader, Big Tony. Tony Marinara, whatever you want to call him. Um, they'll be talking about the Jets and their great comeback win against Pittsburgh. They'll probably be having, there'll probably be confetti all over the, you know, the room, all over the studio. Um, they're two and two. That's pretty amazing. I feel like every team in the NFL is basically two and two right now. Um, but the Jets are two and two. It should be a fun show to listen to. They got some optimism too. Um, I get to play the Dolphins with uh, out to a they're playing against Teddy Bridgewater. So we could be in a world where the Jets are suddenly three and two, but um, he'll talk all about that. I don't need to. Um, so that's Friday night flight on Friday. On Saturday, you get the main show, the main every morning quarterback show. Where we do our week five preview, you know, you get some gambling insight. Um, you know, we pick a bunch of fantasy players. It's a really entertaining show. We, we, we shit on each other the whole time. I really, I get just treated like, you know, I get beaten to death by my co-hosts on that one. Uh, but we have fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, then Sunday, I mean, there's, there's this other gambling show. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, I wouldn't even, I almost wouldn't even recommend watching it. You know, it's part of the brand and they're, they try, they're trying hard, I guess. Um, it's just, it's just really lacking in comparison to uh, EMQ bets. Um, you know, they don't even keep track of their records or really, there's no accountability on that show. Um, then, you know, we circle right back to, you know, you circle right back to Monday and Tuesday and you've got, you know, you got me again here to annoy you and talk forever uh, with the late night Niners. You've got the EMQU, EMQ University. That's all about college football. Um, they do a great job on that show. I occasionally will come on as a guest. Um, a lot of fun with that. 
So it's just, you know, it's this lazy Susan. It's just this circle of podcasts. Uh, it's inescapable. Um, you got to just start tuning in. I don't see really any other way to do it. Um, so I hope you had fun with me tonight. I've learned, I'm learning that I'm just, I'm unable to not do a really long show. I like to, I think I just like to talk about the Niners. So uh, if you listened in, thanks very much. If you plan on listening later, I appreciate that too. And uh, like, subscribe, Late Night Niners on Twitter, EMQ podcast all over the place, Instagram, Twitter, you know, wherever. Um, so I really appreciate you guys listening and have a good night.